This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, no! Touchdown, Jets! Mike White, how about him? Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away, Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to look inside the numbers from the Jets' defeat to the Miami Dolphins, the finale. We're going to do some fun off-season projects looking inside the numbers, too, with our guest who's our stats specialist over at playlikeajet.com, Haley English. Haley, this was not exactly the most enjoyable game, but it did produce some interesting results, especially at wide receiver, which we'll get to in a little bit. I'm looking forward to some of these off-season projects that you have in mind. You were already telling me about a few of them. I think they're going to be fun. This game was unfortunately not a whole lot of fun. I know the Dolphins got into the playoffs after this game, but if you weren't a Dolphins or a Jets fan and you were watching this, I feel like you were probably a masochist. Yeah, after the last, what, like seven games that the Jets have lost in a row, I'm kind of glad the season is over. This game was... Not the most exciting to watch, and yeah, just for Jets and Dolphins fans, um, the Dolphins were lucky enough to get to the playoffs. I'm kind of glad they got in over the Patriots, but yeah, not the best end to the season for Jets fans. Haley, I love the notes you sent me on the quarterback position in this game. It simply says this, Joe Flacco, 18 of 33, 149 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, couldn't move, didn't do much, not much else to say. (laughs) Yeah, I think that might be the end of Flacco's career. i Highly doubt the Jets bring him back next year. He just was overall like below average, a completion percent of like 54%, which is like on par with what Zach is doing. So not much improvement at all over the other two quarterbacks this season. And I think that's the last you might see of Joe Flacco. One thing I will say about Joe Flacco, though, Haley, is that he clearly realized 
there was one chance that the Jets had to win this game. And that one chance was to get the ball into Garrett Wilson's hands as much as possible. And boy, did he do that. Nine catches for 89 yards. The numbers are a little skewed because on the last play of the game, Garrett Wilson lost 13 yards. So it would have been a 100-yard-plus day. would have had 102 yards. This game may have sealed the Offensive Rookie of the Year award for him. We'll see. But honestly, Garrett Wilson came this close to carrying the Jets on his back to a victory against the Miami Dolphins and putting the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. It just wasn't enough. If they'd had even a little bit better quarterback play, probably could have gotten this one. But Garrett Wilson had another fantastic game. Everybody else on the Jets had less than Garrett Wilson combined in the air, 60 yards. Jeremy Ruckert finally played, had his first NFL catch. Blocked pretty well. Maybe we'll see him next year. Although with Conklin and Ozama under contract, I don't know. One thing I will say with Ruckert, though, is that he did have a couple of rough moments. He did have a penalty and all that. But you did see some nice things that maybe carry over into next year. Elijah Moore, one catch for 11 yards. As I said on the postgame report, very disappointing season for him. You hope that a bump in quarterback play brings him back to where you were expecting him to be this year. He played so well down the stretch last year before getting hurt. Looked like an emerging superstar. And then this year, it just all crumbled for him. He didn't have any major games like he did last year. His best game was the Mike White game against Chicago. Even that wasn't a superstar caliber performance. You hope that with teams paying more and more attention, to Garrett Wilson going forward there will be opportunities for Elijah Moore that he'll be able to cash in on hopefully a new quarterback fixes that but a disappointing year for the receiving core overall Corey Davis missed a bunch of games with injury but Garrett Wilson really showed you he could be a superstar and this was another indication of that as you said in your notes he more or less carried the entire offense only to six points but still that was almost enough if they had scored one more time they might have been able to pull this out yeah, Garrett Wilson has been phenomenal, and I could tell, like, Flacco was like, all right, I'm just going to throw it up, and hopefully Garrett Wilson's out there and he's going to catch it, and he did. He had nine catches, 89 yards, um, should have had over 100, but with the last play of the game, that kind of derailed everything, but he even had some catches that were called back for penalties, so Flacco was just, like, uh, throwing it to Garrett and hoping that uh, he'd take it the distance, and he had one amazing play where he beat – or where he had collided with like three Dolphins defenders and came out of it with like 30 plus yards. It was an Mm -hmm. amazing play. So yeah, Garrett Willis is going to be phenomenal next year. And hopefully that will open up a a lane for Elijah Moore, but teams covering Garrett Willis in a little more. So I think I really like what I see out of this wide receiver room uh, next year. Once again, Garrett Wilson's basketball background coming into play with his footwork, a little bit of that crossover dribble magic. If he hadn't fallen down on that play, he very well could have gone for a touchdown. And that's what I was talking about, Haley, when I said one more score and the Jets might have actually won that game. If he had stayed on his feet, it's possible he scores a touchdown. And at that point, I think it probably would have been a Jets victory because I don't see the Dolphins being able to get into the end zone if he'd given them four more quarters. And to be honest, without Garrett Wilson being able to get into the end zone, on that play I don't think the Jets would have gotten into the end zone if you'd given them four more quarters either the running game without Brees Hall has just been atrocious down the stretch for the Jets I'll tell you something that I realized and it was something that we all thought in the back of our heads but it really was pounded into our skulls in this game very hard when Brees Hall got hurt against the Denver Broncos that was the end of the Jets season they went two and eight from there and the running game fell apart now 
they did have that one nice drive against the Bills. The one time James Robinson actually made an impact. And Bam Knight had a couple of nice games. But ultimately, without Brees Hall, this offense completely came to a standstill. Bam Knight continued to tumble in this game. 12 carries, 22 yards. Ty Johnson, 5 for 12. Michael Carter, I don't know what happened to him. Three carries for four yards. I know the offensive line wasn't good. And it certainly got worse and worse as the season wore on. But this is just awful. And it really shows you how much Brees Hall was carrying the offense, not just the running game, but the entire offense. He masked so much. And when him and Elijah Vera Tucker went out after that Denver Broncos game, it all came unraveled. Brees Hall was the engine that ran this Jets offense. He was able to allow the Jets to continue to hide Zach Wilson. Once he was gone, they couldn't do it anymore. And everything became exposed. I guess in some ways, Haley, it was a blessing in the long run because what this did was showed the cracks in the foundation. And now the Jets truly know what it is they need to fix in the offseason. But if Brees Hall doesn't get hurt, if Elijah Vera Tucker doesn't get hurt, I'm relatively confident the Jets would have had enough to make the playoffs. All they would have needed is two more wins. I think they could have gotten it. Probably both of those Patriots games would have ended up being Jets victories if Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker hadn't gotten hurt. The running game in this game was just a microcosm of what it was after Brees Hall got hurt. Completely non-existent, non-factor. Yeah, the running game was like atrocious this game. 38 total rushing yards against a Miami Dolphins defense that the Jets gained 135 rushing yards over back in week five. Uh, Brees Hall had 97 yards in that week five game. He was averaging five, over five yards a carry, and he had a touchdown on the ground. And the Jets had five rushing touchdowns in that first game against the Dolphins. But the Dolphins contained them uh, in the week 18 game. They had no running game at all, 38 total yards. Sonovan Knight with 22, Johnson with 12, and Michael Carr with four. They're all averaging two and a half yards or less per carry. It was just a god-awful game. And I know the the offensive line was completely different in this game as it was uh, in week five with the only two same starters being Tomlinson and McGovern. I know Tomlinson hasn't been great in run blocking this year, and McGovern's been just about average. So losing AVT, having Herbig out, and having Dwayne Brown – out has not been great for the Jets. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Defensively, Haley, this is another typical Jets defensive performance in a good way and a bad way. It was weird because in the end, they only gave up 11 points. The running backs for the Dolphins did very well. I had said before this game on the pregame report with the very big deal, Chris Nimbley, if the Dolphins wanted the clearest path to a victory, what they should do is rely on the running game because the Jets had had a lot of trouble stopping speed runners and that's exactly what ended up happening here I had identified Raheem Mostert to go over his 55 yards and he did that was the over under on him Jeff Wilson also had over 50 yards too. two of them had over 70 yards so they had about 150 yards combined and that was the strength of what the Dolphins did kind of shows you how good Sauce Gardner is now Tyreek Hill was banged up But Sauce Gardner kept a lid on him all game. You saw Tyreek Hill getting really frustrated with Sauce Gardner. They were showing it during the broadcast. Overall, like I said, bend but don't break for this team. Not a lot of points scored, but the Dolphins were able to move the ball up and down the field a little bit more than you would have liked with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Talk a little bit about the overall landscape here of the defense. Yeah, the defense had a really great game. Uh, They held Skylar Thompson to just three more passing yards than Joe Flacco. Um, I know Skylar Thompson isn't great, and they, the Jets were really able to contain him back in Week 5 also. 
Um, but they only gave up field goals. They gave up three field goals, and technically the safety at the end of the game was not on the defense. So the defense just gave up nine points to the Dolphins, and ultimately that was enough for the Dolphins to get the win, which is kind of sad. So you're seeing time and time again that this Jets offense has scored not enough points, but their defense is holding the other team to a manageable amount of points for a regular normal offense. But these past three games, the offense hasn't even scored a touchdown. So this defense has bailed them out of so many situations, but it can only hold up for so long uh, given the offense is just not getting anything done on the field. But in this game, they gave up, the defense gave up 162 rushing yards, which is a lot, um, but they did hold them to not many passing yards at all. They had one sack, which was Quentin Williams, and they held Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell to just two catches for Hill and five for Waddle uh, for 23 and 44 yards. So I consider that as a win. It's funny, Haley, because when I say Bend but don't break Ultimately what that means is a lot of times The Jets will allow the opponents to move the ball But then do enough to keep it To a manageable point total We've seen this time and time again And in most of the games this year The Jets have allowed under three touchdowns You take a look at the Steelers Under 21 points, same thing for the Dolphins Both times The Packers, the Broncos The Patriots the second time The Bears, although the Bears are obviously terrible The Bills both times were held To below three touchdowns The Lions, the Jaguars So the Jets defense did enough To keep it to a manageable point total On a weekly basis Most of the time The majority of the time they were keeping it to under three touchdowns. And if you have average to above average quarterback play, you're going to have an offense that is going to generate plenty of wins. And so we'll talk about all the quarterback options as we go forward into the offseason. But even looking at a guy like Derek Carr, I crunched the numbers and I discovered that in games where the Raiders had held their opponent to under three touchdowns, Derek Carr is 27 and 16. So that just goes to show you, again, a guy who's average, above average, whatever, when you hold the opposing team to under three touchdowns, you should expect to win more often than you lose. That's a 60% winning percentage that I just talked about. Haley, a 60% winning percentage on the season this year would have been 10 and 7, would have been enough to get the Jets into the playoffs. They might have even done better than that just based on the fact that the defense held the opposing teams to even lower than 21 points in a lot of these situations. But 10 games is what you should win with an average to above average quarterback when the defense holds to under three touchdowns. Unfortunately, the Jets didn't even have close to average quarterback play. For most of the season, they had arguably league worst quarterback play, right? Yeah, the the quarterback position has been the biggest hole on the Jets roster for the longest time now. And the defense this season has only given up 30 points once, and that was in week two to the Cleveland Browns, and the Jets ended up winning that game. But other than that, the Jets have held their opponent to 20 points or less 11 times, which is absolutely insane, and the offense has no excuse not to be able to put up points when your defense is holding opponents to that. We should talk about Quinn and Williams while we're talking about the defense right now and also Sauce Gardner. I want to get to Sauce in a bit because he had an absolutely phenomenal season. But Quinn and Williams really finished this season having a fantastic year. This was his breakthrough. He had more quarterback hits this year than in the previous two years combined and almost topped his entire career before this. The previous three years, he had 12 sacks, which is phenomenal. As far as an interior defensive lineman, very rare you're going to find something better than that. 
12 tackles for a loss. He was a monster in the run game, a monster up the middle, getting to the quarterback, the absolute lifeblood of the front seven, and a superstar. He's going to get paid a lot of money this offseason, and he's earned it. Finally, the player that we expected him to be when the Jets drafted him at number three overall in 2019. Yeah, Quinnen has been phenomenal this season, and he deserves to get paid next year. I know he said um, he's looking for money for what he's done, and he deserves every penny, and the Jets really need to figure out a contract for him um, because he 100% should be back on this team next year. And I really like how he has, has played this year after um, like almost having a breakout season after a respectable first three seasons. Haley, the Jets have an elite player in Quinton Williams, and they have another one in Sauce Gardner. And it's been a while before the Jets had honest-to-goodness elite players. Elijah Ver Tucker has a chance to be that. Mekhi Becton, if he can get back to where he was before the injury, has a chance to be that. Garrett Wilson looks like he's very quickly becoming that type of player. But here's Sauce Gardner at the end of the season. Had 642 coverage snaps, 73 targets, 33 receptions for just 344 yards. That's for the entire season. 20 passes defensed, two interceptions. This is one of the best seasons any rookie has ever had at the cornerback position. And not only that, it was one of the best seasons that a cornerback has had in the league in quite a while. This was as good of a season as you ever could have hoped for from Sauce Gardner. Arguably the best season for any cornerback in the NFL this year. Remarkable for a guy who is playing one of the toughest positions in the NFL, playing man coverage predominantly too. And he did it at such a high level this quickly. Something for the Jets fans to be happy about, even as the season collapsed. Six losses in a row, but they do have real building blocks for the first time in a while. And Sauce is right at the top of those building blocks. Yeah, the Jets have their cornerback duo of the future right now on this roster with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Sauce has had maybe the best rookie season for a cornerback ever. Um, he leads the league in passive defense. And he's just been absolutely amazing. And I don't understand how the Texans could have drafted Derek Stanley over Sauce, but I'm so glad that <laughs> the Jets drafted Sauce. I stood in MetLife on draft day with a sign that I made that said, we want Sauce, and that was worth every bit of that. So um, Sauce Gardner has been absolutely amazing for the Jets, and he is deserving of that Pro Bowl honor this season. Let's talk draft a little bit, Haley. We're going to talk about prospects and who the Jets draft and their positions of need and all of that going forward. But one thing that I thought was truly disappointing from the Jets' loss in the season finale against the Miami Dolphins is that when they lost, you thought, okay, this is good because even though you wanted the Dolphins to get knocked out of the playoffs and even though it's always good to end the season on a win, you would think the Jets would move up in the draft order. At least that would be the hidden positive here. They went into the day with the 13th pick. They came out of the day with the 13th pick. Cleveland, Tennessee, New Orleans all remain ahead of them in the draft order, although that Cleveland pick goes to Houston in the Deshaun Watson trade, and the New Orleans pick goes to Philadelphia from that trade last year where the Saints moved up in the first round. It's really crazy that the Jets are in that weird spot where they didn't make the top 10 and they also didn't make the playoffs. That's like the purgatory that you don't want to be in. If you're not going to get in the playoffs, you want to make sure that you get yourself somewhere within that top 10. The Jets wound up outside of it. Sort of reminds me a little bit 
of the 7-9 and nine season in 2019, the first year under Gase, although obviously that one was different in the sense that at no point did you ever think the Jets were contending for the playoffs. This season was much more disappointing, but both of those seasons wound up with the Jets right around the same spot in the draft. They were 11th in 2020, this year 13th. Would have liked to have seen them get higher if they weren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I was torn when this game started because obviously you want to end the season on a high note, but I was kind of like, eh, if they lose, it's not a big deal because maybe they'll get a t- like the number 10 overall pick. But they lost and nothing went their way, so that's just the life of a Jets fan. Um, so they'll, they'll be picking 13th. So um, it's an okay pick. It's not amazing given how their season ended, but given how their season started, yeah, but we're just used to that as Jets fans. It's every year this happens. It's funny because this year we had the rug pulled out from under us as Jets fans. The day after Christmas, the Jets' playoff hopes seemed very much alive, and then they came crashing down in Seattle last week. And the same thing happened with the draft, where we were hoping that this loss would propel the Jets into the top 10. It didn't do that. So instead, we got false hopes, which is the worst kind of hope to get. But at least, as we said, Haley, the Jets do have some building blocks for next season with Sauce Gardner Quinn and Williams, Garrett Wilson, and hopefully the returning Elijah Vera Tucker, Brees Hall, and Makai Becton. And that's really all we're going to be able to look forward to. We'll see what happens at quarterback too, because that's going to be a major question this offseason. And I'm sure we'll dig into that a lot with you, Haley, when we get into the stats and the numbers on the potential players that the Jets could get at the quarterback position. Haley English, our stats specialist over at playlikeajet.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the stats from the Jets' season finale against the Dolphins with me. Really appreciate it. Make sure that you follow Haley on Twitter and read her write-ups of these stats over at playlikeajet.com. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has some awesome All-22 breakdowns. So watch those videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. <laughs>